Welcome to Rise Smile Films, the film review podcast that mixes cinema with fine spirits. Journey with us as we encounter new, old, and strange films with the occasional dabble into sports and music. Proceed with caution as these podcasts feature spoilers and some mature language. This is Matt. And this is Jesse. Today on tap, we have Rocky Five starring Sylvester Stallone, Talia Shire, Burt Young, Sage Stallone, and Tommy Morrison. Written by Sylvester Stallone and directed this time by John G. Avildsen. I guess Karate Kid 4 wasn't happening, so he was uh, available to take on Rocky Five. <laughs> Unfortunately for our Karate Kid 4, then, there was no secondhand music that could be passed off from this film. And trust me, there's plenty of choices from this film musically that could fit that Sloppy seconds, that sort of idea, right? <laughs> oh, goodness, yes. Excellent. Welcome back to Rice Smile Films. It's time to continue on with round five of our Rocky franchise cask review retrospective with Rocky Five from 1990. And it's been a hot minute since I've seen that <laughs> seen that one. I think the same for you. Yeah. Not one I revisit a lot, and I think for good reason. We'll probably get into that. But start off with some Blantons. Yep. Polishing off, off the battle. <laughs> finishing off the bottle. We're going to have to pull, pull another one off the show. Good thing we have a, a plethora of whiskeys to choose from to wrap up this cask and then and then get into to the next ones. And the next, what's coming on the horizon is going to be a lot of fun. Is the goal to eventually spell out the Blantons with all the names? Yeah. All yeah. the letters from the horses? So we got to do six more of those? <laughs> Bottoms up, man. Cheers, Matt. Get started. It's really good. That's that's a really great smooth bourbon. If you've never dabbled into the Blantons, I highly recommend it. Yeah, that's terrific. Some great choices um, from uh, responses to our questions. Uh, Brett this week uh, recommended Winston Duke for the role of Apollo Creed. I like that one. You can mm-hmm. see him from Black Panther and Jordan Peele's Us. A bit more brawny, right? Yeah, a, big, a bigger. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And then uh, John David Washington um, for uh, Paul Cree. That was from Jonathan P. That's a great choice. And that guy's ready to like explode right now. Yeah, as we get film going again, he and Robert Pattinson, whether it be in Tenant or what's being already previewed really early, Batman, mm-hmm. it's going to be really important in film. And I never would have thought those two guys would be the ones I that know, are so it, important. Interesting. They are. Yeah. yeah. So I like those. And then um, for our favorite Stallone uh role performances a lot of love being thrown the way of nighthawks and cobra mm-hmm. made me want to go see cobra because that's been i've haven't seen that one in a really long time so yeah maybe it might be worth a watch or maybe i'll check out nighthawks this week again excellent yeah excellent so why don't we get this train started and we'll get going with our flight question oh my god <laughs> it's bound to happen <laughs> maybe that was appropriate i don't know <laughs> Let's, Put that in there. Let's do that again, and let's do the flight question. <laughs> uh, is it go for it or home team or what is the ma- or uh, we're the, supposed to be tight? What's what? the mantra of the film? Oh my gosh! I don't know, but you get a lot of this faux vanilla ice esque music, and it's like not even good hip hop. It's like no, we don't get the quality of Beastie Boys or like Run DMC or like NWA. Public Enemy, yeah, right. probably any of that good stuff. No, it's it's like vanilla ice. It's like Milli Vanilli <laughs> music. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. All right, Rocky Five, nineteen ninety. Uh, to get to a fifth entry in your franchise, you got to have some luck on your side. You've had to have been making money up until then to justify a fifth entry. But by the time you get to number five, you do start to show signs of fatigue and the wheels coming off of the franchise train. And so 
better than doing what's your favorite uh what's the best fifth entry in a franchise because that's slim pickens uh what's the worst fifth entry in a franchise and there's a king's ransom to pick from in this yeah it's quite the selection <laughs> this is a bit tricky what i mean by that is we can say the film is so formulaic by the time it gets to number five yeah, that's that, fair but then you can also say well we want something fresh and then when they do give you something fresh that's also a nightmare mm-hmm. oh um you want me to go first yeah good i'm torn but i think i'm going to give it to terminator genesis <laughs> Is that the one you chose to? <laughs> All right, well, I'll let you do that no, one. No, no, I, no, no, okay. no, no, you do it. I just have to say my piece with it, too. Okay, look, everything <laughs> everything that we said was wrong with Endgame mm-hmm. does time travel infinitely better than what Terminator Genesis had done. The way I look at that, it, like, at that franchise at Entry 5, it, it should have been done at 2. Yeah. That was it. There was mm-hmm. not much left. Mm-hmm. I mean, they stopped Judgment Day. Like, what else is there to do? Right. That franchise just became the eternal Etch-A-Sketch. You know what Etch-A-Sketch is, Jesse? Oh, yeah. A bit younger than me. No, no, no. I had one. So you can draw your little screwed-up picture on there and then just shake it out and start over again. (laughs) little screwed-up picture. Right? there With no circular edges. (laughs) Right. So I feel like that's what Terminator became. Okay. Because they could go back and just reimagine Judgment Day and reimagine John Connor and keep traveling back and keep traveling back. It just became the eternal Etch-A-Sketch. And at this point, I don't even think you had the sellability of Arnold anymore because it, in some ways, mm-hmm. is starting to suffer what I think Rocky Five is acknowledging, and that's these characters are getting older. Mm-hmm. And it just doesn't look like young, healthy robot. And CGI is not at a place where you can sort of buy that off or we get, you know, CGI mustaches. And we've seen just in small iterations how that hasn't worked sure. in Superman. Mm-hmm. Now you try to de-age somebody. It, uh, it's just a colossal disaster over what is a franchise that's already been killed twice prior I know. to this fifth entry. Uh, there's a number, any number of ways you could go, and especially with time travel, you can play this out. They just keep consistently etch a sketching this and having to reshake it out to build another shitty picture. That's a great choice. All right, thank uh, you. Do you remember our Terminator Dark Fate episode? I do. Uh, that was probably the angriest I think I've ever gotten on the show. It was just like <laughs> so much built up frustration over like a franchise. And at the end of the day, Terminator Dark Fate is, I would want to say, more competent and a better movie mm-hmm. than Terminator Genesis. Yeah, yeah, that's that one's an all time bad uh, bad one for me. Uh, it's just like the, the plot is just so nonsensical. It's it's boring. Y- you don't want to go back to it. It just fails every criteria criteria in a in a in a sequel. And I mean, three was a misstep, and four was a misstep, and man, like fourth is like it's already at the bottom of the cliff, and it's just like you're beating it with like a stick at that point. I don't understand why they thought that that was going to be a profitable endeavor. Yeah. Science fiction fans are pretty pretty loyal, and mm-hmm. I think Terminator fans are pretty loyal, so maybe they were banking on that. But, man, you're hard-pressed to find anybody that can defend three, even harder-pressed for four. Now you're trying to, like an impossible task, like winning a fist fight against God to defend number five, and then when you get to Dark Fate, I, it's all really the, puzzling because those are not cheap movies to make. Like, Hundred and seventy-five to two hundred million dollar movies. Right. I'll defend three, four, and Dark Fate before I defend Genesis. Like, yeah, it's abysmal. Yeah, good choice. 
<laughs> All right, here you go. Your turn. Okay, yeah. So I, I I thought about this about this too, and I went directly towards that one. Oh man, Die Hard Five. You could make a really strong case. It's a really piss poor injury, and I guess I'll have to wait to see the prognosis on Indiana Jones Five because mm-hmm. I don't even know if that can improve on Part Four. It didn't work with Harrison when he was sixty five. What makes you think it's going to work when he's seventy eight now? Like, yeah. How in in what universe? Uh, I'm actually going to go to horror because there's a, a plenty to choose from. And I'm actually going to pick a franchise that arguably is one of my favorite and it's Halloween. And of all the plethora of Halloweens to, to choose from, and there's the stuff with the cult of thorn in part six and the Rob zombie crap and, uh, whatever the experiment was with part three, my least favorite movie in that entire franchise is part five. It is you could just see them really trying to turn this thing along and make up stuff. The mask is atrocious. The comedy when it's there is very strange. It's just, it's a really fatigued sequel that really doesn't go nowhere. And it's just, it's a piss poor Halloween movie. Curse of Michael Myers. No, that, yeah, that one's uh set four. Yeah, no, the, you see, it all gets kind of funky in there because they all have the same variation. That one's the revenge of Michael Myers. Oh, my bad. Yeah. So, let me ask you a question. Go ahead. How much involvement did Carpenter have oh, none, in four? No, in none, none at all. Or five? No. Nope. When is he officially out before he gets back in? After sort of? after three. Okay. Three, three was, he just scored, right? He co-wrote, co-wrote that one, too, okay. uh, and scored. And then four, he's completely... Four, five, six, seven, eight remakes. Uh, he's completely out and then came back for this this newer one. So okay. I don't blame him. I mean, there's only so much you can like truly churn out of that idea. And I, I applaud them for trying to come up with stuff, but it's just, you see them jumping the shark so bad in that one. And at least in Friday Five, and I know that's a maligned one in that series, they tried to do something different with the Tommy Jarvis angle and the, mm-hmm. the faux killer in that one. And yeah, Nightmare Five is not much better, but I got to pick Halloween. Is that Fi- Freddy's Child? <laughs> dream child yeah <laughs> uh yeah so yeah i think there's a ton to pick from in, in horror but i i wanted to pick one a little more closer to me and yeah it's that one so this is tricky though i think that they brought up those three specifically mm-hmm. and i guess we could probably put saw in there too if you wanted to go that route yeah you have a really important question you have to answer and that's do we keep on keeping on with what everyone expects this franchise to be and then suffer the criticisms of Hey, have you seen Halloween 5? It looks like number one and two, right? And I think in Hollywood, I think they're willing to take that gamble because they are so cheap to make. Right. And yeah. so that's what you just t- mm-hmm. stole my thunder there. Yeah. Are you just going to say sure? Because if they, by that point, what you're going for is the killer. Yep. It's not even the protagonist and I an know. active. It, Michael, Jason, and Freddie become the star and they have a pretty limited range that they can act in. And I'm kind of think as I'm saying this. Mm-hmm. I'd like everybody out there to kind of think about what this is for Rocky, because I think the same theory applies. Freddy's going to work as Freddy doing Freddy things via nightmare. Mm -hmm. So do you get away from it to appease the critics? Because that's not who's going to love this movie. They didn't even love the first one. So you try to get a little bit experimental, and you have one disaster after another. Like you mentioned it, Tommy Jarvis. Mm-hmm. No one gave a damn about him, Jesse. I know. They wanted more Jason. Even when people, even when they tried to div- uh, deviate and uh, experiment, whether that season of The Witch or Friday the 13th Part 5, the people weren't having it. They wanted more of the same. Freddy's love child via subconscious? I don't give a damn about that either. I know, that's bananas. Uh, yeah, it's... um. <laughs> 
they all kind of hit that hit that wall eventually, and yet I the hollow because part four I like part four is one of my one of my favorite ones in the series, yeah. but, but part five kind of brought back some of the same characters and just totally just shit the bed with the plot. It just got like non, and then you get to the next one and you're just you don't even know what's going on anymore. I think that's a perfect segue, isn't it? <laughs> you don't know what's going on anymore. Perfect, yeah. excellent. I love. I like your. I like your choice, Matt. Yeah. How could it not be Terminator Genesis? Ugh. Like, if anyone, I, I paid money to see that in the theater. Guilty. Guilty as charged. Excellent. So let's get to our um, happy hour time and our review breakdown of Rocky Five. Remember when Mick said when he was fighting, his, sometimes he'd fight so hard that he was thinking that. He broke something inside, and he was gonna die, and that's what he said. That's when the angels was putting on him. I can't. I can't. I can't stop my hands from shaking. What's up with that Hellraiser music in the background? <laughs> It's pretty horrifying. <laughs> it is like, but that's kind of working, isn't it? I guess. <laughs> I would imagine after the beating that he took from Drago that there would be some lasting. Oh effect. yeah, sure, yeah. Here's the thing that I think Rocky Five has to make its peace with. Yeah, and they do it better in six, but they have to start coming to terms with what things are. Rocky wasn't young when he lost to Apollo in the first fight. Oh yeah. So now we're twelve years, thirteen years later. He didn't get any younger, although he might look better through modern medicine, science, and yep. growth hormone. Mm-hmm. God, good for him. Yeah. I, I don't want a doughy Rocky. Yeah. So whatever. They've got to find a way to let the brawler who just goes in there and out hearts people rest. Mm-hmm. You've got to find a way to give this man or this character another story arc to attack that isn't so unbelievable that as you said earlier jumping the shark would be 60 year old man taking on whatever now look at this time what's crazy about this jesse is in the boxing world about this time it's happening with george foreman Mm -hmm. he's 60 and the character we're going to talk about in this he and tommy morrison have a pretty decent fight now morrison beats george foreman but george foreman literally resurrects himself so it's weird about this is as i'm saying that mm-hmm. he's getting too old to be believable that he can continue and what drago just handed him was a very healthy heart you know very healthy serving of of whoop ass so i know what, i know what you're saying how do you I, i'm okay with him having the sum total of all these attacks and and barrages leave him broken i know what you're saying and i'm trying to stay in this film and not pretend pretend what i know what's coming because the next film honestly handles the same things way better yeah and you could make the same case that creed handles the same things way better oh yeah right here it, it could work and i kind of wish that the film's primary focus like was on this aspect but then as we kind of get into it we start throwing so many things into the fray Rocky's financial troubles and then oh, his that. Uh, so, oh, no, hang on, we'll get there. And then his 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 his, <laughs> his, brief, Matt, we'll get his, there. his brain damage, and then the relationship with his son, and then entered Tommy. I almost said Tommy Jarvis. Enter Tommy the machine gun, and then enter uh, George Washington uh, Duke. Duke. There's so much. There's this film's busy, 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 busy. Yes, busy. and I think that's one of the the big problems. Is is 
I'm having flashbacks of Amazing Spider-Man 2 and trying to juggle all these plot elements. And at the end of the day, I don't think any one of them are really very good for this film. I try to think back on like where this franchise started with part one. And now we are here. We are with part five and four is just such a, a high point, at least story structure wise. And then we just take such a deep dive within like 10 minutes. Like, mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. let's, let's get back from Russia after that, that sequence there of this, this, the yeah, Hellraiser, this very horrifying traumatic thing. And I'm glad that they addressed that this fight with Drago left some type of imprint on him. Yeah. He comes back to the States Look, continuity be damned. When Rocky left to Russia, his little boy was like six years old with the robot and he was still growing and he comes back like a week later and now he's a teenager. It's a long flight back from Russia. It must have been a very long flight. This time played by his son. And I honestly think that's probably one of the better strengths of the film is that son, real life son and dad can play off each other in these kind of emotionally charged moments, which is probably honestly maybe the high point of the movie for me. Agreed. So then, so we have this press conference. This this is bananas. And George Washington Dent, uh, played by uh, George Washington Duke, Played by uh, Richard Gant, who I remember, man, is the Friday the 13th podcast as the uh, morgue technician that eats Jason's heart in Friday the 13th part nine. Jason goes to hell. Really? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Wow. Like, I think the year or two after this is, is when that came out. Strange. He picks uh, Rocky's press conference to just totally totally hijacked for some new up and coming fighter. Like what, what's going on here? Like, this is like insane. I often wonder why they don't go ahead and just give him the Don King Afro. Clearly he's Don King. And he even looks like him. And he's good at it. He is. Yeah. I just don't, let's just go there. Yep. Um, yeah, he hijacks the press conference and Rocky's back stateside and immediately people are angling in a way to make money off Rocky. Sure. That's not an uncommon thing. We've seen that throughout the whole film. Mm Mm-hmm. And if you're going to see a Rocky movie, I think you probably expect there to be an element of brawling involved. Yep. And then there also has to be a good reason for him to get back in the ring. We've we've successfully navigated that four times. Mm-hmm. Broken, needing to be retired, brain stem separated, or whatever the doctor tells him, you know, one more punch and it might be curtains. I don't know if that's ever not been the case for Rocky. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah. We've come home and we are at this I guess point introducing what should be the chief antagonist, antagonist yeah, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Ugly promoter who just sees as a payday for Rocky to get there in in his pockets and a champion that is from first appearance a seemingly formidable opponent. That's what Union what's his name? Union Dix? No. Union Kane. U- yeah, Union Dixon. So yeah, the combination of him and six put together. Yep. All right, sorry. And then a nod to myself, I guess, too, yeah, on top yeah, of it. Uh-huh. Gross. Union Kane. That should be enough. Because here's the other thing that we have to... It's been already addressed several times in the film. It hasn't changed. At some point, Rocky, you're going to be so broken, you're no good to the family. Well, he, he, and I bet you and I like that space. He's been retiring since the hospital scene at the beginning of part two. Yeah, <laughs> right. And then again in part three, and then he gets the ghouls to come out and, and get him out of retirement. And then in four, and then now again in five, my husband is retired. No, you're going to fight fight here. But it looks like he is retired at this point. I just thought it was an interesting move by George Washington Duke to just like 
berate Balboa after his like Cold War victory. Like, let's celebrate the man and not like 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 what is he doing? So if we stop right now, <laughs> yeah. For I know you've seen it before, but if you were to stop the movie right now, oh, okay. with everything, would you be like, okay, this has potential? Yeah, this, At this point, does the movie still have potential? Yeah, it's okay, we're only five minutes in. Yeah, <laughs> we haven't gone off the rails yet. At All right, least. yeah, let's get to Rocky's house now. So, oh boy. All uh, right. Okay. So after yeah, a nice moment, you kind of turned to me and were like, yeah, like I'm kind of buying this stuff with him and his son and that's kind of working for me. And I was like, yeah, I can't disagree with you there. Like this is, this is pretty good. Again, that real life connection. But then we leave the, his kid's bedroom and then like, there's this whole thing going on downstairs with Polly and uh, he signed over the power of attorney to Rocky's estate to some lawyer and then the lawyer, accountant, went, and, right? yeah, some accountant, and then the accountant went and took all of Rocky's finances and put them into real estate, and then that folded under. So Rocky's bankrupt. <laughs> Overnight, we go from millions of dollars to nothing. I don't. First of all, it's it's this is the most impossible thing that could ever happen. You're telling me this guy that it's at least maybe a hundred million dollars, like. He's made some change in the last few movies. Promotional? Like, you're talking to me that montage in Rocky Three didn't net him, like, $50 million? <laughs> There's so much sour mash that I want to do right now, but I don't because it's going to be saved for the, the nightcap. But I do want to acknowledge the issue that could come about from Polly and Poor Decisions also makes sense to me. And I'll add one more element to that. There is, I think in this film an untapped criminal element that they could play with. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you go back to Rocky's leg, leg breaking days with Gazzo yep. and then Polly's proclivities to drink and then also working for Gazzo, I think there's a lot more out there as to why they could possibly be financially strapped other than yeah. I put my name on the wrong piece of paper. I know it's just very, That's just, and when did Polly get, um, when did he take over as as guardian? Yeah, as guardian and financial advisor. Like, uh, I don't think that was ever told to us. And it's just very implausible that, like, all this money could just disappear with, like, that can't happen. That's, like, that's just, like, that's not real life. That's not how real life works. Like, there's no way this scenario could ever really take place. And I know why they did it. I think bringing John G. Avildsen back into the fold, I think they wanted to bring this film back to the roots of the first film. Let's get back to the streets of Philadelphia and the Vanilla Ice music. Oh wait, that's just this one. But I think that's what they wanted to do. So in order to do that, we gotta we gotta humble Rocky again. We gotta take we gotta strip his finances. I think you could do the same thing. You don't need to bankrupt the man. Like he could have just gone on like a soul searching journey back to Philadelphia. Like he didn't need to like have this crazy plot device. And then the way to get out of it was like, I'll just get do a couple fights and we'll get us right out of this. Oh, well, let's go to the doctor now. And like your brain is mush, Bravo. Like you have like like irreversible brain damage, which Stallone has said in recent memory that like this is kind of a faux pas by the script because this wouldn't limit a boxer from getting a license. They could still right. they could still fight. So that's kind of what's like stopping. That's him. the sticking point in the script. <laughs> oh, that. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's um. So that's the other plot contrivance there. So now, okay, we have no money. We got to move. They're selling the estate. At least Polly hung on to his property. He's not good with dealing with other people's finances, but he was able to hang on to his house because that's what they're moving back into, into Philadelphia. I don't, just, I've never liked this part of the movie. It's just, it's just too much to buy in. Like, I want to ask you a question. Let's go back to behind the camera stuff, okay? Okay. 
After the success of two, three, and four, and I think you gave a pretty good number last week as to how successful four was mm-hmm. financially. That yeah. was the most profitable of them. Mm-hmm. Why in the world did they choose to bring, and I'm not even upset with the choice, but why Avildsen and the sell job to Avildsen on this script had to have been pretty difficult because John G. Avildsen had to have looked at this and said, well, this isn't really like number one at all or anything that you've done. Is it just, is this... Is this money talking? Is that how he got him back in? Well, I don't know if it's money talking for Avildsen. I know Stallone got paid like $15 million to do this movie, which is like the most he ever made of any of them thus far. I did notice something watching this time that I've never noticed, that Avildsen had a credit in the in the editing credit. So maybe he kind of had a hand in in shaping this movie too. I just don't... I thought maybe they said, okay, we're going to do one more. We're going to do five. We're going to close out the series. Let's bring in, let's bring in the original team and we'll kind of bookend each one with this story. I don't, I don't know. I, I really don't know why Avildsen's back and maybe Stallone was just like, I can't do another one. I'm just, I'm pretty burnt out. I'm tired. You know, we just did Rambo three and doing Tango and Cash. Like I'm doing a lot of stuff right now. I can't direct this one, but if I'm bringing anyone back, I'd bring him back. So I don't have an, like a, a definitive answer for you here. I looked too and I couldn't find anything. So I was just curious what your thoughts on that were. And I hadn't considered what you just said till now. Mm. Maybe it's simple as you just said, it's exhaustion. Yeah. Maybe he's just, I can't wear that hat too. Because well, he wrote five. And I don't know if you noticed watching this, but like you, you, whether it's him or Talia Shire or Burt Young or everyone just looks really done with it in this movie. Yeah. That like... Their heart just doesn't like this whole movie is about heart. You, Tommy's a good fighter, but you ain't got your heart. Like I don't think anyone had their heart in this movie. It was just kind of like a check the box and let's. It's what they want, especially yeah. at a time when sequels are very prevalent in Hollywood. We talked in Rocky Two, and they weren't even doing that. Like right. a two was rare, and now at this point, a part five is like, oh yeah, everyone's making part fives. <laughs> it's such strange to me. If what we're hypothesizing is correct, and that's that Stallone, I shouldn't say we, it was really you, but I'm going to piggyback with that. Okay. If Stallone is really just exhausted, and Shire doesn't want to play the character anymore, and Burt Young's done, and Burgess Meredith is you know, good for the one scene that he's in, and actually- Pulled him out of the crypt for his scene. (laughs) Kind of, I'm not going to admit, like, I'll tell you, like, I did shed a- Did you? Yes. (laughs) Okay. It works for me, because I just love that, so whatever, but- if I couldn't everyone, get over him. Like he, I don't know if he was sick or something. He was like, he like coughed like three or four times in that scene. And I'm like, yeah, okay. That's supposed to be the Mick of like Rocky two era, but like, he's like dying over here. I don't know because then that doesn't really pay off for me either. Other than getting him to like get up at the end of the fight and this whole cufflink bit that's just kind of thrown in, in this movie, like when it's been showing up in the last three, I think Stallone and Rocky has been very self-aware. Mm-hmm of the character and his role in it and what these people are. It's been, it's one of the successes of Rocky through one, one through four is how self-aware it is as a franchise and series. I just don't, with what we just said, everyone's tired. Maybe we shouldn't do this. What happened? And the only thing I can come to is if the movie, in my opinion and series is that self-aware and this movie is basically about money then maybe it's victim to the same premise, which is there was enough money to where it'll buy off this B minus tired effort that we all want to give. Yeah. And look, the admission after two, three, and four that Rocky can't or Stallone can't do the directorial job and has to bring Abelson back. 
I think that is evidence to back that up. Mm-hmm. Look, man, I'm tired. I just don't have enough energy, but the money's right. So let's find a way to get this one done. Sure. Yeah, I that, I think that conversation happens a lot with these film franchises. Well, that sucks. That's probably happened in Terminator Genesis. Probably did. We have the name. We have the money. Let's find a way to get it done, and then you get that movie. Um, but I'm gonna play a little clip of the, the scene you were just talking about. Now I got a little gift for you. Uh, no, wait a minute. Wait a minute now. Wait a minute. <laughs> Look at it. See that? This is the favorite thing that I have on this earth. And Rocky Marciano, give me that. You know what it was? His cufflink. Huh? And now I'm giving it to you. And it, it's got to be like, uh, like an angel on your shoulder. See? <clears throat> and if you ever get hurt and you feel that you're going down, this little angel is going to whisper in your ear. He's going to say, get up, you son of a bitch. Mickey loves you. Okay. I'm going to mention something in the street fight sequence, and I don't know, it might make you roll your eyes like crazy, but you you, you like you like this. It doesn't really work for me just because I don't get the payoff that I do with it. It's nice to see Burgess Meredith again, uh, but I don't know. I feel like we're just treading on like old territory at this point instead of like trying to explore something new and and mixed gym that he just like breaks into, I guess that looks like hell. And then they fix it up in no time. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I I don't know where I'm feeling with this one. Bill Conti's back. Right. And his score is good when it's, he's not infusing uh, vanilla. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, That hip hop jam. Um, I think the thing that works for me in that is I'm going to give you my favorite thing in the world. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to get into that because everybody can make their own way through. It's pretty self-explanatory. I don't need to break that down. Yeah. But it is, I think it's a fair criticism. It is similar to the cathedral scene in number two. He doesn't really give him anything, but it's still that same kind of like, look, kid, you matter to me. Mm-hmm. And then there's a couple moments in three where we have that same conversation. So and, yeah, and, it, it is reheated. I'm not going to lie. And done better there. See, to me, this is, again, Avildsen again saying, let's literally dredge up the ghosts of the past from the first film and bring it into to give them that kind of closure with this film. Let's let's give them some familiarity with, with what was so classic about the first one. And I, I don't think they're very much in tune with what made that first one so good. And the other thing I would ask, and maybe there's no answer, but I'll ask you anyway so we can just talk about it. Okay. If this is the final goodbye for all of the characters that were involved and we get the flashback of Mick and this, why isn't there a flashback of Apollo? Yeah. And what happened to him? He was too busy. That's if we're going to do that and be that sentimental and overwrought with, with sentimentality. Yeah. It's a, it's a ghost scene. Apollo needs to be there too. And maybe, you know what I'm saying? There's, that's a huge miss. If we're going to do that, Mick's important to rock. Apollo is also important to rock. Creepy ghosts come out to social lives. <laughs> <laughs> and again, in a boxing movie, it's fair. Yeah. I don't know if any of that has any place where it should be in there. I like the introduction of this cufflink because it I, I, it has mm-hmm. been showing up. And it could be a, a very important kind of thread. But then it just kind of shows up. I'm going to give it to Tommy and then I'm going to give it to my son at the end. Again, it's the, the, the movie's juggling quite a bit at this point. Because Inter now... 
Tommy Morrison as Tommy Gunn, this up-and-coming boxer from Oklahoma, I think he says. Yeah. It was a pretty good record already and just kind of le- looking to turn legit and just kind of wants to prove himself to Rocky. Literally, like, intervenes into his life <laughs> where you just like, hey, come to dinner. You want to stay in the basement? <laughs> this complete stranger. As a young version of Rocky. Mm-hmm. Meets him outside mix, brawler, not very refined. I don't want to say bigger heart, but I'm just a better brawler, street fighter kind of guy than you are. And so Rocky fins him off for as long as he can. And then eventually we know where this is going to go because there has to be some boxing in it. And we've already determined Rocky's not getting back in the ring. So how do we handle that? Well, the protege. And so now we're playing on something that has not been a theme for Rocky in this film, and that's his hubris or his own vanity. Because what Tommy's doing is allowing him to remember his former glory. Mm -hmm. Now, as bad as that's done, I will say this part makes sense to me because so much of Rocky's success for me has been the dedication he shows towards his family. Now, if this new element comes in that allows him to relive his former glory that then causes him to neglect his family, <clears throat> I actually buy that sort of. Okay. Especially considering Polly's the one that put him in the space that they were. <laughs> Remember, we talked about all the people that were contingent upon Rocky's success to give them a better life. It yeah. would make sense that one of them would screw it, and sh- of course it's going to be Polly. Yeah. It's not going to be Adrian. Yeah. <laughs> right? So that's, in theory, that works. Execution-wise is a different story, but... On paper, like in on paper in your head as you're basing the beats, mm-hmm. I'm not saying I totally don't buy that. Yeah. But that's the best I can do on that. <laughs> that's the best I can, effort I can give there. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's just bad. I'm, I'm just trying not to like know what, like what's come after. And I'm like so thankful that like this franchise, like this film entry didn't like kill any interest or, or creative decision making in this franchise because... The scene we're talking about right here where Rocky's kind of seeing this old glory within Tommy and then train him and what they're, he sees a little of himself in there. They do this scene in Creed in the restaurant when he's looking at the picture and it's it's just so much better. Yes. And it's this, they're talking about literally the, the dialogue could almost be verbatim. It's not, but it's the same general prim- principle. I want you to train me because I know you're a good fighter. I ain't going to do that. I've, I, Mick was my manager, and he took care of all of that. Like, I don't So know. we're at the inciting incident 45 minutes oh into the film, God. right? Are you going to do it or not? Are you going to take the quest on or not? <laughs> and like you said it so well earlier, because yeah. the film is just so busy. That's We've tried to introduce so many other irons into this fire that none of them really get that hot, and the one they choose to really ignite is the one that I maybe don't care the most about. And this is where I was at this point in this film. Okay. Had we not needed to do this for the for the show today, yeah, I probably would have turned this off and just gone about doing any other thing in the world. I'm just, I'm just bored. Forty five. Yeah, you're not wrong. Like this is literally the crux of the movie. Like jump the hero into his call for action, and it's like, yeah, it's like so late into the thing, juggling that with his kids getting beat up in public school, <laughs> like over his jacket and his lunch money. 
And then Adrian goes back to work at the pet shop, and then George Washington Duke is still harassing him, trying to get him back in the ring. And then yeah, Union Kane is just like, I'll fight him anytime, anywhere. He has one line of dialogue this entire movie. Yeah. So then we go into this kind of rigmarole training of Tommy Gunn, and then he's taking a shine to him, and then starts neglecting his son. And and then Tommy starts, he's actually pretty good. He starts, like, winning a lot of fights. and But, like, they keep calling him Rocky's robot, Rocky's the Balboa clone. Rocky's mit or, or protege type of a thing and living in Rocky's shadow. And then literally wearing his shorts at one point. Like he's always like, here, these are very important to me. So what he wanted to use was Rocky's knowledge when he was a nothing. And now that he's become a little bit of a something, he feels repressed or denied what should rightfully be his. Um all that, all that happens way too quick as well. Can we pause for a second? Sure. I'm, I'm like literally the last film we were just like so high on like this is a, a, a boxer that literally melded nations together with his victory. And you're telling me that like the American people endorsements, Wheaties, Coca-Cola would let him Rocky live in squalor, this American hero? Bullshit. Bullshit is right. And even more bullshit is... As Rocky's grown from grown from sort of Goomba, unintelligent, semi-audible character in film one to who he is in four with a very eloquent speech after he's just had his head pummeled by Drago to in the Cold War. Is it just the clothes that he wears that determines how smart or dumb he's going to be? Because the minute he puts back on the old... Chantate version of Rocky clothes from one when they've lost everything and are living back in Polly's house. It's like he forgot how to be literate again. And that's that that doesn't work because the literate version of Rocky in that I actually would argue would be better. Sure. Because yeah. then it feels like, oh well, my God, so it, much potential that didn't get realized. And it shows the growth that's taken place up until this point. I feel like every character is like regressed from right. forth. Like, like what happened? That's the word. Exactly. Regression. And financial woes can't be the only reasoning for that. And That's so the, ridiculous. Look, regression works too. I mean, rags to riches back to rags is not an uncommon story trope, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. We've seen that done really well. Citizen Kane is that. Yeah. Um, the problem is if you're going to undo everything that you've built for four films in a celebratory film, which would be five, the crowning jewel on the head of the um, sovereign Rocky franchise. Mm -hmm. I don't know why you're going back to we haven't even built the crown to put it in yet. They just undo everything. Don't undo it. Yeah, no. And then they can't even get that right because as they're undoing it, they're still giving these nods to those that are no longer with it, hence the the Mick ghost scene. But then forgetting Apollo. The Apollo shorts. That's when his ghost should have showed so, up. Like, you know what I mean? Just, it's like, don't give that guy my shorts. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and that she did this to me wearing Apollo shorts, Tommy. Ah, yeah, Yo, yeah. home team. Like, there's so many. Uh, you know, there's a lot of there's there's misses. There's seat. Yeah, you're right. There's a lot of seedlings in here to kind of work with with some stuff. And you're right. If this is supposed to send the franchise out to right out into the sunset, uh, Last Crusade style, mm -hmm. this is not the way to do it. Like, this is just like four should have been that. That's the way to do it. Yes, it it isn't the way to do it. And to make matters even more frustrating, you can see how they're trying. They just can't get out of their way, whether that's production or Avelton or bad writing. The ideas are there. Mm -hmm. They just 
execute them so poorly that it just gets washed into this sea foam of bullshit and the waves just keep coming. And by the time it's done, you're just drowned in nonsense. You like that? I just made that up out of the blue. No, that's good. I like that. And it, but Hashtag drowned in nonsense. Somebody throw me a fucking life preserver at this point. How did I describe the exorcist to a non-consequential? Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, like, what did you, it was really yeah, good. Yeah, something like that. It's kind of like what this movie is. So George Washington, I keep wanting to call George Washington Den. What the heck? It, like, I'm thinking of some other character. Yeah. George Washington Duke uh, kind of finally takes a shine to Tommy. It was like, okay, here's the potential. Like, here's the real champion. He gets behind him. We got to ditch Balboa. We're going to throw all the cash his way. We're going to give him a shot. But they forget that Rocky's like the people's champion and that there are always people kind of in his corner. But then like, oh my God, these people, they have like the worst Christmas of all time. Yep. His son's pissed off. He's like, you're neglecting me, this and that. I'm leaving. <laughs> I'm coming back whenever on Christmas Eve. And then here he rolls in Tommy and they're wearing the same sweater. <laughs> Man, I don't I don't laugh a lot when we like unless we're watching a comedy, I try and like I, I keep it together. But there was a line there where uh they come in and like Tommy's like, oh, we already had dinner. It's like, oh, that's okay. We ate it. It, it, it might have gotten a little cold, but we, you know, we could make some sandwiches. And then God bless Talia Shire's like, I don't want to make any sandwiches. <laughs> so bad. What? Right. <laughs> you can see it. There was I almost paused at one point. I think it was a little, it was a little later. Maybe when they were arguing in the street. And I wanted to pause because the look on her face was just like... No, it's when they're on the couch. Well, when Polly 90 Proof Santa walks down the stairs. I wanted to pause because the look on her face just said it all. It was just like, what are we doing? And she was probably asking that in the other movie she made in 1990. Godfather Part 3. What the hell are we doing? <laughs> like, right. why are we trying to make something out of nothing? I, 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 I don't know. But then, you know, we get we get this. You know, the, th the thing I'm trying to do is what Mick done to me. He tried to keep me away from this, the dirty part of the business. The way I'm trying to do it for you, man, I ain't you. And you ain't Mick. Man, when are you going to understand that? When are you going to understand this is a business? And a business you need... What, you brains? Need... You, you said that, not Is that what you're saying? You're saying I got no brains? Ain't Look, Rocky, took me as far as you could, but Duke gave me my title shot. You didn't. And if you want to keep training me, then do it. But if you don't, don't. But it's my way, it's the highway. <laughs> You're saying I ain't got no brains? Yeah, the doctors told you they're mush. Right. And then somehow Duke and them got a hold of your medical records. Like, that's illegal too. Like, just, Yeah, there's no bounds to the limits of law in this film, whether it's... There's no bounds to the limit of the screenwriter. <laughs> Guardian ad litem ship or FERPA, doesn't matter. Yep. Or HIPAA. Yeah, it's just, it's just, it's just crazy. And so he's able to wrangle the... I find this hilarious. So he's able to, he has this blowout with Adrian. They say their piece. She calls him out, says, you're neglecting your family. You're neglecting your son. You're seeing this in Tommy and I get it, but that's gone. Take care of us now. And that's important. And that's, and that's fairly well done. Yeah. So then he goes after his son and gets him away from these street, street rats. And, <laughs> yeah. and they, they make some peace, but then again, they decide to regress the character in the very following scene watching Tommy's fight and then like he's like Rocky's too into it he's like literally punching the bag and the looks on son and mother and Polly are like you didn't learn a damn thing in the last two scenes like you're you're acting the same way you were just acting <laughs> I feel like there's a missing scene here 
Yeah, maybe. Yeah. And the scene I think that's missing is when Tommy drives off with his Brigitte Nielsen new version girlfriend in that car. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then the next bit is the fight. There needs to be a coming back together of Rocky, Duke, and Tommy in mixed gym where we see Rocky has made his peace with what the business arrangement is. And look, kid, I care about you. I'm going to train you and make sure you're ready for the fight that's upcoming. And Duke can be in there, you know, in the shadows, sinisterly looking upon the pawns that he gladly lords over, whatever, blah, 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 right? That kind of trope. Because then it sets up what's going to happen at the end of the fight on the broadcast that happens in the basement. Rocky has again sacrificed a piece of himself because he wants to be Mick to the new version of Rocky as Tommy. And that's what that is to me. Mm -hmm. Tommy's a douchebag, man. No one likes that guy. He's a, he's a dick from the first beginning. Yeah. He even looks like one. And in fact, Tommy Morrison was kind of a dick in real life too. He admitted so himself in interviews. Yeah. (laughs) Just look up any of them. And his career is kind of a joke. I mean, he had three losses to essentially the three people that he fought that were any good. Ray Mercer, um, that guy that he fought in between uh, his title shot right before he got to Razor Ruddick. I mean, he's, his career was kind of, even though it's shiny at 48-3-1, some pretty bad losses in there. Ray Mercer wasn't good. And it's that heavyweight time post-Tyson trying to pretend like Lennox Lewis is actually a good fighter. No one cared. He's all part of that, right? Mm-hmm. So he's a joke, and his character's a joke. And the movie acknowledges that. But what's missing is Rocky again, through that sacrifice, and it can be at his family's loss, but then it sets up, I think, a better tragic moment that's about to kind of send us into the conflict resolution bit at the end, and they just didn't shoot it. In this movie that I think is probably 25 minutes too long anyway, they missed that (laughs) obvious, right? Isn't it too long? How long is this film? It's an hour and 40 minutes. So it's Jesus. There's like 60 minutes of usable stuff in this movie. Oh, when they get to the inciting incident at the 45 minute mark, my God, it's ridiculous. Do you see what I'm saying? I wonder, do you agree? I wonder if they shot that. I wonder if maybe it got cut. I I don't know. You're right. There is something missing of the, the tying of the, the breaking of those bonds, like to officially kind of like break myself off of him. Jesse, there's no way that he drives off in the car, leaving Rocky in the street. Adrian comes out and says, you've destroyed your family. And then two nights later, or whenever the fight is, they're all downstairs in the basement. What? Like, there's no way. And how's Rocky stupid enough and that he knows he needs money? And obviously, they've gotten to the point where they're fighting fights before uh, Duke gets involved on ESPN. Right. He's doing okay. How are they not making money to, like, improve things? It's fair. I, I don't know. I just have a hard time, by, uh, among other things, this shouting match in the street and then Rocky going and meeting his kid on the street corner, which is the same street corner that he picked up, what's oh. her name, Mary, Marie. And Marie, and you hang out with coconuts, you go coconut friends. The same place. Yep. You're right. And he should be done. Wash his hands and be done. <laughs> I agree. Unless you put that scene in there, and I just, again... I don't know. It, it, another miss. It's like one step forward and then two steps back. Yeah. Is kind of what it is. But Tommy wins. He's the new champion. But man, they give him a hard time because of the kind of the way he's he's treated Rocky. Gentlemen, gentlemen. Oh, hey, 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 hey. We 
get carried away. Now, Union Cain was the recognized champion. Next question. We know the rating system can be manipulated. The bottom line is Tommy Gunby, the second-rate fighter, with so much glass in his jaw, he ought to be a chandelier. Say what you want, but this man will prove to be a great champion. He Next might question. win a few fights, but a Rocky Balboa will never be. No, 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 no. He's no Rocky Balboa. Let's face it, there's only one Balboa. Now, Balboa was a true people's champion, but in time, Tommy Gunn may be able to finish you. Next question. Not by fighting stiffs like Kane, he was. Well, man, I'll fight anybody anywhere. And I kind of don't know what Dent's play is. I know he's in it for like the fame and glory and the money, but like his whole thing was to get Balboa into the ring to sell tickets for the marquee value. And then you see Tommy Gunn and then you ditch Balboa and then they're crucifying you for it. Like, what did you expect? Like, why didn't you like come up with a deal to keep the whole package together? Okay. I'm going to double down on that. You're right. Duke's whole issue has been i gotta find a hook to get rocky back in the ring he doesn't this care. isn't he, the hook he doesn't care about kane he wants rocky him using tommy the protege to take down the master maybe works if that's a little bit more developed but that is essentially one scene at the christmas party that's happening at duke's house where he gives him I don't know, 55-year-old cougar with fake boobs to win over 22-year-old Tommy the Duke Morrison, and that is completely absurd. And not that that's not a good-looking woman, yeah. but we both were like, okay, I guess Tommy's into cougars, right? Yeah. So she's, you know, American Pie Miss uh, Mrs. Oh, Stifler. Stifler's, Stifler's mom. mom. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's great. <laughs> anyway, um, I guess we're working the graduate angle there. Sure. Sure. There's not enough in that party at Duke's house to trick the audience into believing that Tommy is now so savvy about the business of boxing that he sees this, but is still so dumb or such an ingenue that he can't see through Duke. There's, I don't buy any of that. Mm -hmm. And do you think for a second that that's a contra like that that hook is a workable hook to no. get Rocky back in the ring? No way. No way. Yeah. You know what might work is if Tommy punches out Polly. <laughs> And then runs away, and the only way Rocky can make that work is in the ring. Maybe that works. Maybe, <laughs> as much as you're laughing, that's better, I think, than... No, you're right. Because, I mean, that is what gets him to the street fight eventually. Sure, yeah. That's coming up. And the whole thing, there's a hook, there's a hook, there's got to be a hook. I got to find the hook, hook, hook. It, that's not a hook, man. Oh, well, he's turned them all into villains now at this point. Like That's like their own kind of like working around the system. And I guess he's representing Kane and... Now, we, oh, okay. so because if he's the Don King, he's like the promotional guy. He's setting up the fights with the the, the with the league, but then he's managing Tommy. Like I don't know what's going on here. Exactly, it's <laughs> a lot. There's too much. So he's a bit of a carpetbagger, and he's going to jump on whatever wagon is that's the hottest. What it, that's what it sounds like. But it's like he in turn made his own situation worse. There's just a lot of disbelief and loose ends that the viewer is going to have to tie up with the Duke character, who I think was introduced as the primary I'm sorry, antagonist at mm -hmm. the beginning of the film, yeah. way back before the inciting incident, which that should have been the inciting incident. It, none of that's working. None of it is. So all these Rocky films have to end with the fight, so let's go ahead and get to the, what the fight is in this film. So the response is, I'm tired of being called this robot and telling me I'm stuck in the shadow. You got to get that man into a ring, and the, like you better hope you win that fight because if you lose that, then you're just as you're in worse shape than you are right now. So I thought about that this time, but they decide to I don't even know how they found Rocky at this bar. <laughs> like, how did they know he was going to be there? 
and they just start berating him outside until they kind of come in, in into the bar, and then this. I would have taken you any time. Tommy, you're a piece of garbage, you know that? Hey, this ain't none of your business. Ain't none of my business. Come on, boy. Ain't none of my business. Boy, forget about it. The man spit blood for you. Put your head in his own family. You, you bring these rat bums around here. Tommy, Tommy, you got his dignity? Fuck him making your shot, you know that? He's the real champ. You're just a goddamn joke. Now, just get out of here before I bring Tommy, the Tommy, come on. What? Break your head on that bum and what are you worth then, huh? Paul, are you okay? You should have left them on the street where you found them. Get off me, man! Get him out of here! 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 Tommy! Get off me! Now you knocked him down. Why don't you try knocking me down now? No, no. In the ring! In the ring! Tommy Gunn only fights in the ring! Get out of here! My ring's outside. Yeah? Let's do it. Okay, at this point, uh... Tommy's already created like career suicide. He's they got a news crew with them, and he's just like punching out civilians. So this is enough to get Rocky. Like you knocked Polly down, this guy that swindled all my finances, but I still care about him. Exactly. And now we're gonna fight. Now, now that's the breaking point. So now let's go. And then, and then I don't. Maybe if we had seen Rocky in a street fight in part one, I'd be able to buy this. But we're supposed to pretend that Rocky had this whole career as a street brawler. When we've never kind of been established with any of that. So now we, we got to take it to the streets because that's like what, what this is going to end up being. And it's bananas. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a street fight. Sort of mixed with some boxing skill in there. But it's elbow to the rib and throw you into the chain link fence and smash your face with the trash can and all that other kind of just street brawl stuff, which I think is what we're supposed to believe shaped Rocky into the fighter he was at number one. But the truth is on that, Jesse, we've never really seen the street brawler part of Rocky either. Oh. Maybe a moment with Rico in the very first fight in the first film. But Rocky street savvy, I carry a knife in my boot, you know, that kind of whole... That's not been what Rocky is. I know they've sort of like hinted at it, but all of a sudden he's like this this expert of like guile in the street brawling. Fat, uh, Rocky, world. Rocky's the Jets and the Sharks. Do 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 do. No, yeah, like, I wish there would have been a scene because if to me my my prognosis of this film was bring Avildsen in so we can bookend five with one and draw a lot of parallels to that film, and then they just start making up so much shit. Had there been a street fight sequence, maybe with Gazzo's alone collecting, that we saw something like this take place, I'd be willing to buy into that. But like when he says, my ring's outside, I'm like, when have we ever seen that? We've only seen you fight from the church in there and then in official boxing rings. Right. We've never seen Polly throwing a couple punches at you in the park, parking garage in the beginning of part three. That ain't nothing. Right. Uh, yeah. And so so Tommy gives it to him pretty good. And like Rocky's having like, like uh, a psychological breakdown here in the street. I got some good audio for that. Get up! Machine. I get the end of hell. 
Get up, you son of a bitch! Mickey loves you. So now he, well, you know what I like about that little sequence there is the glimpses of uh, Ivan Drago, which really makes me love the character even more that he's just so psychologically damaged by that fight and what a great formidable opponent he was in that. So the the stuff in the last film is what I like about this movie. <laughs> it's not good. Uh, and so this is enough for him to kind of kind of come up and have some type of resurgence. So then we see the street fight version of Rocky. He starts tripping him up and throwing him into, yeah, like you said, throwing him into the chain link fence and punches him into the side of the bus. All caught for live, live television. Got like a free pay-per-view event on the streets of Philadelphia. And then it's all wrapped up. I guess Tommy's, Tommy's washed up, but he's still, I guess, theoretically the champion, but I guess that's going to get stripped away from him after his public display of violence. <laughs> You're finished if you lose. Yeah, yeah. They're just going back and forth at this point. And then Duke was like, touch me and I'll sue you. And then Rocky punches him in the chest and throws him onto a thing. And he's like, sue me for what? Like, yeah, for assault. He just punched this man. <laughs> like, going to take my cufflink necklace. I know. Yeah. Uh, I, look, okay. Duke, Duke had it coming. Oh, well, of course, yeah. What I hate about that, though, is the death of the bad guy, where Duke gets knocked onto the hood of his own car, I believe, mm-hmm. and then picks his head up long enough to, and then to like fall down. Like it's so Looney Tunes, where are the little canaries <laughs> circling over his head? That is just like that. ridiculous. Duke had it coming. He should. You should have just dropped him there in the street. Um, I have a question for you. Yeah, go ahead. Is this your least favorite fight of the series thus far? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Even in the first one, for its low budgetness, there's like, there's, and, and here's the goal, too. I, I thought about this while we were watching. You know, we've talked a lot about, you know, what's been Rocky's kind of arc leading up to the fight? I want to go the distance. Okay, I've went the distance. If I'm going to go there, I'm going to go all the way this time. I want revenge for the, you know, the death of Mick, which. Clubber Lang probably should have went to jail for involuntary manslaughter. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And I need a, a resurgence. I'm fighting for the <laughs> world nations and for my friend's life. This one, why, why, why is he fighting Tommy in the street? Because he punched Polly? <laughs> like, <laughs> right. That was what sent you over the edge. Yeah. And then, in, and then in six, not to let the cat out of the bag, but it's, I got to prove that I, I want to prove that I still have a little bit left. And once I get through this, now I'm done, done. Yeah. Yeah, here it's like, okay, you called me out in the street, and then you punched Polly. Okay, let's go fight in the street now. Exactly. It's it's a bad motivation for why we're doing this. You know, the other thing that's really absent from this is any sort of training montage. There's a boxing montage, mm-hmm. which is Tommy ascending the ranks. <clears throat> yep. But another big miss on this is if we could get to that inciting incident sooner than the 45-minute mark, then we could have the breakup between Tommy and Rocky happen earlier too. Yep. And here's what then you get to do. He makes up with his son in like 25 seconds on a street corner. And all of a sudden he tells him a bad knock, knock joke and dad and son are good, which is fine. I guess we w- I want to get them. I want to get them to be back together. Definitely. But there's still another issue. And that's the guy that's been bullying his son. I don't know why there isn't a training sequence between Rocky and his son for that really important moment when Rocky's son knocks out, um, the kid from entourage. Yeah. Did you notice that? It is him, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. 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 
Kevin Connolly. Oh, that is him. You're right. <laughs> e. <laughs> Knocks him out, and then he's become a lot like his father, and we have that nice moment. And then you could even go from that, Jesse, into, <laughs> guys, we're going to watch Tommy's fight tonight. Only if we do it as a family. Like, I know that's super on the nose, but... Oh, they could have had that. No, And I, then the middle finger that he throws Rocky at the end of the fight when he recognizes everybody except Rocky. Sure. And I think we still end up where we end up in the bar with Polly getting punched out, but it's just more believable. Sure. There's so many misses, Jesse. Well, it's bad when your own franchise can't even get the formula right of its own series. Right, like, exactly. Like, they, they just totally threw that out the window. Right. Don't you want to see... Yeah, that could have been fun. Um, little Rocky Jr. knocked the hell out of Kevin Connolly. And, <laughs> Kevin Connolly, yes. And he does. He beats him to a pulp and he boxes. It's, just, it's done all backwards because he, he trains on his own and then goes show dad's jacket and he's too in love with Tommy to even pay, tell him the time of day. Like it's. I even kind of like the bit where if you're going to be Rocky's son, it would make sense to me that you would lose and then have to come back from the loss. So while Rocky is training Tommy, his son could be trained by whatever nefarious forces are in the gym and not busy at the moment mm -hmm. and then squares off with Connell in the alley and gets it handed to him again. But then when Rocky leaves Tommy after the breakup and gets back with his son and then they train together, you get the nice moment where just like dad, he's risen from the ashes to knock yeah. the kid out in the alley and get his jacket back. That and should have been the final scene of the movie. Damn right. It should have been and go to the Philadelphia steps, which is nice to go there again, at least. But you're right, that should be the end of the movie is this kind of like, I'm going to train my son and then like now it's his kind of confrontation there. Look, and it's not uncommon for guys after they have a fight to be friends. Like, I, you know, sure, that's yeah. happened. Sure, yeah. But this fight happens. He gets the jacket back and the kid tells Kevin Connolly, Sage Steele, Sage Stallone, sorry, tells Kevin Connolly, hey, are we good with this? Yeah, we're good with this. And I guess after he goes off to get some ice on his black eye, they're buddies. Yeah, he's hanging out at Christmas with them. Hanging out with that stupid earring that no one wore in the 90s. I, I don't care. Like, you might have wore a hoop, but yeah. you didn't wear it. No one wore that. Yeah, no one. It's just, it the, just looks ridiculous. This movie can't even get the 90s right. God dang. Um, yeah, okay. Exactly. <laughs> so the movie's over, and then we get that Elton, Elton John song montage. <laughs> Wait, who? Elton John. <laughs> How did they get him to, what? Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Some, some, some little, just little factoids here. So, <laughs> okay. Budget of forty-two million, a uh, hundred and nineteen million dollar gross. But I think between all the, the the marketing in this, like this film didn't really net a profit at the end of the day. So it's kind of like a miss for them. Uh, okay, I don't know if you're gonna like this. So the Mickey ghost at mixed gym scene. So Mickey was supposed to appear in the street brawl as a ghost sitting on top of the railway bridge coaching Rocky through the fight. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I might have had to turn the movie off. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's what? Yeah, that's bananas. Uh, <laughs> <God>. <laughs> uh, nominated for seven Razzies this time, and I actually agree with them. Like, this is just a very piss-poor effort, but I am thankful for... The film being the way it is, because had they did kind of go off in the sunset and kind of really tie up loose ends and being mediocre yet satisfied, we might not ever have gotten Rocky Balboa. And mm -hmm. the film coming next is a way better send off for the character and this franchise. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of not even the send off for the franchise because it's living on in a different iteration that's just as good. Agreed. All right, let's see what we can muster up here. Matt, what's your favorite tasting note of Rocky Five? I know that you don't have the same belief on this as me, but I really do like the piece and the ghost scene with Mick at Mick's gym. Okay. 
where he gives him the cuffling. The cuffling. Okay. It just matters to both of them. I think it's delivered really well. Anybody that's listened to this knows that I'm a huge fan of Burgess Meredith mm-hmm. as this character. Oh, yeah. So it's for me that, and I'm not going to lie, like when you went around the corner, like I kind of shuffled one away from <laughs> my cheek. Up. Yeah, I went to go refill my coffee. Thank you. Okay, good. It did happen. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> no, it's, it's like you're allowed to it's do that. It's just so sad. Yeah. And that's going to resonate with my final grade too and give this a ranking of single barrel just kidding it's uh, sad for me and that's just like oh this is it's good to see burgess but like not in this capacity like and the truth be told they did give him a pretty good send-off at the end of three yeah. the way he dies at three is a nice that's a that's, hero's death yes exactly so it didn't need to be done mm-hmm. yeah, that's fair okay um <laughs> trying to dig in deep area Oh man, the concept. Okay, no, no, okay. So we didn't talk about it at all. We kind of just jumped right into the story. I do like the opening credit sequence, and usually it's um, <laughs> just a recap of the fight, but right. it, this one's like a recap of four mixed with the credits. And it looks the way it's cut, it makes Rocky seem like he takes an ass beating, yeah. and then like he sees the one in the middle, and then he comes back and saves the day. Mm-hmm. But it's scored really nicely. This is a good part of the music with Bill Conti. It's it's a real nice kind of recap of the last film and is getting that part of the formula right so i do like that little bit there um it's really hard for me to pick a favorite scene because everything we just kind of how can i pick that when we just kind of like kind of picked and pieced it and, and kind of made it better in its own right okay yeah what's the oh my god <laughs> is it the entire movie i think it's that street brawl in the alley it's not even choreographed poorly. It fits for what a street ball would street brawl would be. It's just so far out of what the expectations of this film is. And Rocky gets it and gives it in typical Rocky fashion. Now he's not using his traditional defense technique, which is block every punch with my face. And that's because Tommy's dirty, like chicken mm-hmm. wings him and hits him in the ribs and sneaks up on him. And well, Tommy's punching everyone in the <laughs> crowd. Well, that's Yeah. He got the steno bum and knocked him the hell right out. Good job, Tommy. But that just makes him even more hateable, doesn't it? But that that whole that that whole bit is just so absurd. It is. I don't know how to say it. Other than it's oh, just it's absurd. A perfect word for it. Yeah. Mine is gonna be. Well, it's gonna be the little moment we just talked about where I, I where I laughed and. Mm-hmm. We can make some sandwiches. We can make some sandwiches. I don't want to make any sandwiches, Rocky. That's it. I'm putting my foot down on this one. (laughs) I've never had that moment in this franchise this far where I'm just like, Mm -hmm. oh my God, like what's happening here with these characters? And like, (laughs) if I'm laughing at them, it's usually at like something they're saying or a play on that, or I'm feeling for their struggles and their strife. And here, like I'm really feeling for like Talia Shire and these people just being like, what are they doing in here? And I, I know that they're just not into it. So that's going to be the moment for me. Who's the master distiller on Rocky five? Oh man. Can I go first? Sure. His character motivations be damned and we might not know what he's doing, but, uh, Richard Gant as George Washington Duke. I mean, he is good at the character he was given to play. So I can't even pick my huge Bill Conti because the score is, other than the opening, it's dog shit. <laughs> okay, that's fair. It's not good. And Stallone, like, I mean, acting-wise, 
it's kind of a bit of a regression in the character arc too. And then a lot of that falls on his writing and what this story eventually became. Tommy, the machine gun, Tommy Morrison, whatever. He's like so far down from Creed, Lang and Drago. I can't pick him. I'm going to pick the villain that we're allegedly supposed to be rooting against. I think that's a good choice. Okay. If Polly's been really frustrating as far as Rocky's best friend for four films, I think, although we don't agree with the actual way they get there, I think this is the purest form of Polly that we get. Um, they set him up in one, and I think by the time he becomes Natalie Attired, leg breaker for Gazo midway through three, I'm kind of a little bit close to like eye roll place. And by the time he becomes you know, kind of a bitch in number four and just doesn't want to do anything that's uncomfortable, I think they do do a decent job or he does a decent job of getting back to like what Polly was, drunk, frustrated, that's self fair. guy. Yep, that's good. So I'm going to go with that. Okay. And that was hard to get there for me. Like I had to dig to get there. Yeah. That's a reach. I'm, yeah, gonna, I'm admitting that's a reach. There's slim pickings. It's when you th- really think about the movie in totality, it's like, oh, I can't pick Avildsen because like, we don't even know why he's directing this movie. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> How are you going to rate and grade Rocky Five? We have Rocket, Well, Call, Single Barrel, and Top Shelf. Look, it's not a good movie, obviously. I think I've reviewed worse with you in this podcast. We've seen worse. So of all of the movies, like I never want to watch that again. And number one would be Serenity (laughs) or or something like that. Didn't we say the happening was by, was the new champ? Okay. I think we did. (laughs) So if that's, if there's a list of 10 of those and those are number one and number two, this has got to be like seventh or eighth lowest on the list of, I never want to watch it again. Never. Yeah. I'm not net. Probably could find just about anything better. Oh, so I guess that's me trying to salvage this to well minus, 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 or rot gut plus. I think maybe I'm going to go rot gut plus. Okay. There is a couple of moments that are okay for me. (laughs) That's just such a tepid review is well let's just there's a couple of moments that are okay for me i swear to god go back and listen to the last four episodes and you hear these glowing praises on music and writing and character development and choreography yeah and it's just gone from this thing yeah yeah at somewhere between brock cut plus and okay call minus yeah that's okay okay this is interesting because yeah yeah i'm with you like there is some good stuff to like to like, yeah, maybe that's kind of working. And then like the film will do something. You're like, oh, Jesus, like, why did you do that? When I can literally tell somebody, you can watch Rocky Four and then go right to six. And I don't think you really miss anything. Like, yeah, that's, it's literally a skippable movie. Mm-hmm. And if a movie's skippable, that means there's like literally nothing in there to take home, but to take home with you. Yeah, what are we what are we taking away from Rocky Five other than he's living back in Philadelphia in the streets of Philadelphia? Is Rock Up, Matt? Like I yeah. like I haven't seen it in a long time for good reason. I don't like revisiting it a lot other than to keep up the the series going. And this is bound to happen in film series. We're bound to have missteps. It's just compared to like my ratings for one and two were top shelf. For three and four, we were in single barrel territory. To 
jump all the way to Rocket, and I'm totally confident with that rating. It, it deserves to be there. I mean, it's if you don't see it, you don't miss nothing. Like, mm-hmm. what does that say? Right, because especially literally- in, in six, when we pick up with Balboa and like everyone's gone, Adrian and Polly are both dead. They didn't die. Oh, no, in this Polly, film Polly's either. still in that one. Okay, yeah. so Adrian's dead. Adrian's she dead. didn't die in this one either. Yeah. So I think you're right. If you just don't watch this, you would be fine. Yeah, that's, you wouldn't miss a beat. That's not a glowing endorsement for the movie. Like no. that's that's bad. So, yeah, rock cut. It is what it is. You know, what I remember about this film as I was looking at some um, ideas and story stuff about this. I saw the movie poster for this, mm. and it's Rocky kind of fist raised to the sky with like a flag kind of flying behind him. And I remember as a kid, because I saw this in the film Kid, so like 17-ish, yeah. seeing that movie poster thinking like, that's weird. Like, did he join the military? Or, hmm, who's the villain? Because they're not really featured there. Like, the poster struck me as very unlike the other Rocky pictures. It doesn't look like a boxer. It just looks kind of like this <clears throat> triumphant celebratory pose that is patriotic. It doesn't make any sense. Well, like the movie, right? I mean, it's, I think, a great indication of what you're going to get from the film, mm-hmm. what they did deliver in the film. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> Rocky Five, put it back in the barrel. Uh, we got one more film to put in there, but then we're going to close that, and we're not going to speak of Rocky Five other than in a flight or nightcap where it's in the worst of injuries because let's move on from it. Let's move on. Let's move on, and let's move on to our nightcap. Bill Conti, you betrayed me. What are you doing, man? It's I'm just like waiting CNC for... CNC Music Factory meets Bill Conti right there. I'm waiting for Vanilla Ice to like come out and be like, go ninja, go ninja, go. Exactly. I do like that song, but <laughs> not in Rocky. Yeah. All right. Uh, okay, Rocky Five is an obvious misstep based on our ratings in the last 50 minutes of this episode. Uh, but what we like to do is we like to try and like rework it, kind of figure out, you know, what different path could this franchise have took so i think our nightcap's interesting and it's how else would you have done this film that's not rocky five right so straight sour mash and so you can give basic story idea and then who the villain would be you go first i alluded to it earlier and i think that there's a criminal element that's mostly unexplored in rocky and that includes young version of rocky as well so whether you want to do this through Polly, through the russian mafia and number four or you want to do this with gazo post Rocky four back in Philadelphia. Here's my basic idea. If you go the Polly route, what if Polly puts a bunch of money on Drago to beat Rocky? Mm. And then when the bill comes due, no way he can pay it. Cause it's okay. Polly. Okay. That's good. This still gets them to the place where they might be in a financial state that is either Polly's life or we have to pay so much money that it challenges my financial setting until we get the other piece of this. And that could also be done with Gazzo and Rico in Philadelphia. So Spider Rico comes to Rocky hat in hand. Hey, man, I'm in a bad place. (laughs) Spider Rico. And I need some help here. And... It has to do with another very common thing that happens in film and boxing, and that is the forces of the mob involved. 
which I'm talking about throwing a fight. So let's go to the poly one first. Okay. So Mad, uh, Mad du- uh, uh, Murdoch from Daredevil. <laughs> Marcellus Wiley. Yeah. Right. I mean, we, we see it often. Yes, exactly. So for Polly to not meet his demise at the hands of the Russian mafia or Rico to not meet his demise through some side component of Gazo, Rocky takes a fight and has to throw it. Here's the thing, though. Okay, so he throws the fight in three rounds. It's No one can believe that this no-name knocked Rocky out. Yeah. His son finds out okay. that he threw the fight. And everything that he thinks his dad, this this monumental statue of his dad and everything, his entire reputation is shot to hell. So his son is still at odds with him. And everything that you've taught me, dad, it's all gone. It's a lie. How could you do that? Son's not going to understand the forces of the mafia, and Rocky probably can't speak about it. So then the rest of the thing is Rocky trying to reclaim his name from this scandal. And actually what I want this to be, I don't. it doesn't even have to be back in the ring. It can be. But I want him to take on Goomba, like literally a larger version of Rocky, younger, stronger, bigger, Italian, or probably not Russian because that's just Drago. So we can work on what the embodiment of villain in the ring looks like or in the street. Okay. But now he's really fighting to reclaim the name that he's worked for films to erect and hold in such high esteem. I love it. That's the movie that I think would be better. And there's elements of this in that. Sure, yeah. The financial woes. The financial motivational piece. So if Rocky was never really about financial rags to riches, but honor or legacy or name rags to riches, if he loses all that. And look, we've kind of set this up with three. Yeah. When Rocky's talking to Mick and he said, these were not good fights. You set me up with paper champions. And like, there's an element in Rocky's mind, also in three, in the the wave sequence with adrian there's a there's a a doubt and now if everyone's like was rocky's legacy really all that i mm, that's good thanks i dig it all right i like the word you used legacy because that's actually what i'm calling my movie which is rocky colon legacy (laughs) sweet all right let's hear it um, this could have come out in 1990 or 92, 93 or whenever you wanted to make it. But what I think the crux of this film, I think truly wanted to be was to show Rocky in some sort of training aspect. And it's just with Tommy Gunn and not like with his son, but like, why not pick this film up years later? Son's 20. And he's like really showing him the ropes on his beauty. He opens up mixed gym, kind of like what they do in Creed. And his son's actually pretty good. Like, what if his like son's using, instead of using the brain that we kind of thought he was on Adrian's side, he's really kind of developed his father's mentality. But then he gets into way more than he bargained for with the, with the, this new champion. And I don't want to see another person die in the ring like Apollo because it's really traumatic for me. But I think his son's dealt a pretty heavy blow, and I think it leaves him paralyzed. Oh, wow. So if Rocky was never enough to kind of get in because of his um, his health and his well-being, what more than to protect the legacy not only of your son but of the Balboa name than to fight for fight for him in this in this way, and that gets him back in the ring. The person, the main antagonist, I came up with the name of Roosevelt Waller. So good. <laughs> And you know who I want to play him? I'm going to make playground conversations come to life, and it has to be Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, that's good. How many conversations? It was like, man, could mm-hmm. Stallone kick Schwarzenegger's ass or vice versa? Like, mm-hmm. that's who I want to see. Like, imagine those guys, like 1991, 
going at it in the boxing ring. It's awesome. It'd be a massive hit. So yeah, that's what I want to see. I want to see a film again, kind of get into the roots of legacy, family values, and fighting for honor, and less about street cred or like whatever five is supposed to be like i want to kind of get back to the roots of it and taking pieces of what works so well in six and creed which is the training aspect and trying to prove something in the ring again it's really good i just realized i never gave you the the character that i, that I was supposed to tell you oh okay. so the guy that rocky's gonna throw the fight in to pay off the gambling debts of polly is vincent d'onofrio i mean literally tomato can Ooh. That's no good. way that guy would beat that guy. So it's right there in front of everybody. And nice. He's got to come to terms with it. I like those. Those are, those are, tr let's write it. Let's yeah, go, let's, Jesse. Let's write it. Let's fade in, man. Go. Let's do a, a pivot. That was Rocky five. Yeah. Excellent. Well done. Yeah, that was fun. I had, I was, I was like, hmm, like, like, how could I do that? And I was like, it was like Roosevelt. I was like, oh, that's a good name. Yeah. Who's playing up Schwarzenegger, like it's 90, 90s circa Schwarzenegger coming off of Total Recall. Yeah. Give me that. Yeah. You'd kind of see if, like, if Rocky IV wasn't, like, in Russia and was, like, German or Austrian, how's that not Schwarzenegger in yeah, that movie? Sure. It's, yeah. like, the same build. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. That's Rocky V from 1990. It is what it is. <laughs> yeah. This has been quite a journey thus far, and I wonder if I've also been so hard on Rocky V because we've watched all of them so concurrently, so close together. And like, those are all so fresh and this one just sticks out like a very sore thumb right now. Um, but next week we're going to wrap up this cast with Rocky Balboa from 2006 coming out in an era. So the two thousands are interesting because not only were they remaking every beloved horror film of the seventies and eighties, Texas Chainsaw, Halloween, Nightmare on Elm Street, they went through a real weird period of fourth or fifth sequels to franchises that had long seen their day pass. I'm talking Live Free or Die Hard, Rambo, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Uh, and then this one, Rocky Balboa. And I'll be honest with you, I went to see this movie with my dad when it came out and I, I didn't expect much. I was kind of just doing my due diligence as a Rocky fan. And I was, I was like, there's no way this movie could be like really good. And then when I saw it, I could not have been more shocked at the quality that's on display there. Yeah, I can't wait to talk about Rocky Six because eh, this might be one of the best ones in the series. I've only seen it once. So really? It'll be a second. This will be night time oh, number two for me. You're, I know it's gonna be fun. I don't want to self project on you, but you're you're gonna love it. Oh, like, I loved it when I loved it the first time. Compared to what we just watched, <laughs> like this is gonna be a great viewing. But it really got back to the basics of why the original ones were so good. One and two, um, the ones is what it feels the most like. The one thing that I really remember about that film upon the first viewing was the characterization of Rocky. Instead of going back to dummy that they did in five, they just made him understated. And that's going to continue a little bit in Creed. He's just softer. Yeah. Uh, whether that's time or loss or any number of things, that seems to be a more likely progression for the character compared to all I have to do is put back on this old sweatshirt and these black pants and these same platform shoes and this fedora that I wore in one, and I instantly return to dummy who can barely utter a sentence on this uh, ice skating rink with Adrian. Like, I don't buy that. Mm -hmm. What I do buy, though is quietness the quietness in the soul of the man who's lost everything that's good 
And we're going to talk about that a lot next week. Coming at you next week. Oh. Hit us up on Facebook or Instagram, any of the socials, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeartRadio. If you like what you're hearing, leave us a review. Rating and review, we'd greatly appreciate that. And yeah, we'll be coming at you next week. And then we'll tease out what's coming. It's almost spooky time, Matt. <laughs> Monumental shift. I've been, honestly, I've been dying for some horror, like. It's coming. It's coming big time. So we just had horror. Today. We just did. Yeah. <laughs> a certain a different, a different point of view. Yeah. Cheers to you, Matt. I got to get going. I'm going to go make some sandwiches because I choose to and because I'm hungry. And because Adrian wouldn't. I'm you're not making you're a better any, man than Adrian. I'm not making any sandwiches. <laughs> I'm not even going to try after oh, that. Oh, my goodness. That, I, I, that, that got me in the giggles. It was <laughs> good funny. time. Excellent, everybody. We'll see you all next week. Everybody have a good week. We'll see you in the dark. Thank you for listening to Rye Smile Films. Be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher, TuneIn, wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like what you're hearing, be sure to leave us a five-star review. We'd greatly appreciate it. Rocky Five is property of MGM United Artists Company, and no copyright infringement is intended. Until next time. Cheers. Judgment on suit. Come on, pug. Judgment on suit. <laughs>